Percy, should people exercise due diligence when approaching the healthcare system and why? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They certainly should. Everyone should feel comfortable and confident that they are receiving the very best medical care and attention because receiving medical care is one thing, but then the attention that goes along with that, how you're treated, how you're spoken to, are your questions being answered, et cetera, uh, available to them from a trusting healthcare provider. I think that this is a really important dynamic, and we're going to talk about this among many other things today around taking agency of one's healthcare today. We're going to hear from a twin sister who shared a breast cancer diagnosis with her sibling. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. My name is Wayne Shepard, but our host is Percy McRae. Reverend McRae is director of underserved communities at City of Hope, which includes the faith-based community, and we're delighted to be with you each week. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and thank you for sharing this podcast with others. Percy, that's how we grow in listenership, one person sharing it with another. Absolutely, and we want to encourage everyone to continue to share the show, uh, let people know about this platform, because as you do that, we continue to reach more and more people, and that is the objective for what we are doing here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Last time, we met twin sisters who both joined you. They contacted us through Facebook when they mm -hmm. uh, logged into our Health, Hope, and Inspiration Facebook page. They contacted you, and it led to last week's interview. This week, we'll zero in on just one of those two. Yeah, we're going to talk to the twin sister, Alicia Sayas today. And she's going to give us her version of her story and journey uh, as it pertains to her cancer diagnosis. And we're going to hear some very compelling things that I think will be interesting to us today. Okay. All right. We've been encouraging you to submit questions to us, not medical questions per se, Percy, but questions that relate to the things we talk about here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Our website, by the way, is where you submit those, healthhopeandinspiration.com. But here's an interesting question that came to us from Lancaster, Ohio. This listener says, I've been following your podcast for a while now. It's so uplifting, and I love you always use the spiritual nugget in each episode. That's a great comment, isn't it? Thank you for that. <laughs> I was diagnosed with stage four last March. I know you use the word to help encourage others. What's your feeling about medical marijuana? I started using it for pain and nausea, but I know God is healing me. My last report was cancer is healing. I'm stage four, which is considered by some as a death sentence. This is my second battle with cancer, eight years apart, and I know God is the healer. I'm waiting to see my miracle. Thank you again for this podcast. It truly helps me. Thank you, Lancaster. I appreciate you reaching out. And you know, this is an amazing question. It is an amazing question. And it's amazing because ironically, I have recently engaged in some conversations with individuals about this very topic. And uh, I am going to actually do an entire show that's going to be dedicated oh. to this topic. Yeah, Wayne, you don't even know yet. I'm still okay. writing the outline. <laughs> okay. all right. And I'm, I'm getting all of uh, my uh, resources in order so that we can speak from a very educated perspective, not an emotional perspective, uh, not a knee-jerk perspective. Uh, uh, perspective. And, and the, what I will say for uh, Lancaster, Ohio, for anyone, there's a growing number of people who are using uh, medicinal marijuana in various forms uh, to help 
offset and negate some side effects with regard to cancer and cancer treatment. And I would say because the uh, my interpretation of this question more has a spiritual component to it in terms of their relationship with God and, 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 and et cetera. Uh, I will simply say this, that uh, God is a judger of the hearts and the intentions of people at the end of the day. And so with that being said, uh, if indeed medicinal marijuana is something that is is helping you and, you know, you're using it for that specific purpose uh, and you have had a conversation with your uh, oncologist and your medical provider, I would say make sure that you have a discussion uh, with your medical tape so that everyone is on the same page and knows exactly what's going on, what your motivation, what you're doing, because there may be some things just like with any other natural, quote unquote, naturopathic uh, kind of supplement. And I think I'll kind of put that in that category, if you will, uh, is that there can be counter uh, effects with with your other medical mm-hmm. treatment. And you want to make sure that you're not doing anything that is c- countering what you're doing from a clinical perspective. Uh, and so with that, I want you to stay tuned. I want everyone to stay tuned. So as a teaser, we're going to do an entire show okay. about this topic and we're going to speak to it candidly and frankly, and we're going to look it directly in the eye and we're going to provide that information to you soon okay. coming down the pipeline. Look forward to that, Percy. Thank you. And as I said, uh, we can't entertain medical questions per se. That comes about as close as we will come to Mm -hmm. answering any medical question. But other questions regarding your cancer journey, uh, being a caregiver, questions of that sort, uh, you can reach us through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and there's a drop-down menu where you can type in your question or comment. We're getting a number of comments as well, and we appreciate Mm -hmm. those. If you do have a comment, do us a favor and leave it as a review at Apple Podcasts or Google or Spotify or other podcast platforms because that helps uh, introduce other people to what we're doing here with health, hope, and inspiration. All right, let's turn to Scripture, and then we're going to hear from our guest here in a few moments, Percy. So our spiritual nugget for today is Proverbs 31, verses 8 through 9, and it reads as follows, and it is really going to echo the sentiment of the energy and the intentionality of, of one of uh, twin siblings that we'll be talking to in the next couple of weeks here. And it says this, speak up mm. and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And this is going to really echo and, and talk about the dynamic of being your own healthcare advocate and not just accepting something because someone told you, making sure that what is being said to you is applicable to you. Has every stone been turned? Has every question and dot uh, I been dotted and T been crossed with regard to your needs and your questions from a uh, healthcare perspective? Uh, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. It'll help to underlie the conversation that we'll hear here in just a minute. All right. We'll get to that interview momentarily. According to the National Cancer Institute, approximately 39% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetimes. So, caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. To address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you are a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities, and you'll receive our informative monthly email newsletter. 
So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Well, let's join Percy for a pre-recorded interview he did with our guest coming up now on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, Reverend Percy McRae, the cancer pastor. You know me. I'm here back with another compelling conversation. And last week, I introduced to you uh, what I call the dynamic duel, the Wonder Twins, uh, two sisters, uh, twin sisters who were both diagnosed with breast cancer one month, one month apart from each other. I don't think that I've ever heard of such before, and uh, I just found it amazing. And so uh, today we're going to have a conversation with uh, one of the sisters, Alicia, who's going to tell to us, Alicia says, she's going to share with us kind of her individual journey uh, with regard to having breast cancer. And so let's welcome her back to the show. Welcome back, Alicia. How you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, thanks for being back. And of course, when we talked uh, with you and your sister, Aletta, you guys both shared some powerful points uh, to someone and an individual who may be listening, who may be being diagnosed with breast cancer uh, or who is in the midst of a breast cancer journey. And one of the things that I found compelling that you brought up was a it's a the, in my mind, it's a theological and a philosophical uh, perspective that I agree with that there are a lot of people who struggle with sometimes, and that is that God allows things to happen to them. But before we go into that, uh, I want you to share a little bit about uh, at this point, we, we talked about the fact that you are a breast cancer patient. You are currently still receiving treatment. What type of treatment have you received? And we don't have to go into a lot of detail, you know, chemo, radiation, uh, reconstructive surgery, any of those things that you're comfortable comfortable with. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you have done and are doing at this point from a treatment perspective. Okay, so so far um, I have been uh, I've had chemotherapy and immunotherapy, and right now I'm halfway through my first cycle. Okay, so you've had chemo, you've had immunotherapy, uh, and again, if you're not comfortable with answering this question, sometimes women aren't. Uh, has has any type of surgery or reconstructive surgery been involved in your medical pathway at this point? No, um, that is going to be totally considered once the genetic testing comes back. Okay, all right. So with that, then we don't have to have that discussion and that conversation. But with that, you've um, and I want to and I ask this question. I'll ask the question of your sister when we have her conversation uh, later. Is at any point because I know that you both you and your sister are strong proponents of faith and spiritual and having a spiritual relationship with God. Were you ever in conflict at any time with your spiritual belief system and pursuing medical treatment and care? Some people struggle with that. It is my personal belief that that should not be a struggle, but there are still some theologically somehow who think that if they seek out medical care and treatment, somehow they're not walking by faith and they're not honoring God's word. Uh, did you at any point in time feel conflicted with regard to pursuing medical care along with utilizing your spiritual practices? Um, no, I wasn't conflicted. And the reason being is because, um, you know, we consider ourselves stronger in our faith and we know that sickness is not from God. But at the same time, he can still use it for his glory. So actually, I'm going to say no. We, You know, in the very beginning, we were very, very firm. And, you know, as I said it before, it was all prayers on deck. Um, we've been believers for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And from from a personal 
standpoint, you know, his resume is pretty good with us. You know, um, I've, (laughs) I've, I've already witnessed, I've already witnessed miracles and I've seen them with other people. So really it was just, you know, we were just, it was just really of us believing, a matter of us believing his word. And that's about it. I mean, I can honestly say, yes, this is not a, you know, no one wants to be in this situation. Right. But at the same time, he's, he's true to his word. And I've seen that. Being a woman of faith, uh, and again, having a great track record with the resume of God, I would agree with you. God's resume with Percy McCray has been excellent. I can say that without question. But you also was able to utilize your faith within the context of a medical scenario where you had to sit out and talk to doctors and, and, and you know, clinicians and trust a medical process. And, and that has not been a, conf- a, a conflict for you, correct? Um, it hasn't been in conflict, no. Okay. But at the same time, I was not quick to move on their recommendations because you still have to put yourself in a position where you have to advocate for yourself. You have to do your own research. Sure. You know, because sometimes, depending on who you deal with, you might just get half of, you know, half of the treatment that's even available. I mean, we know a situation whereby that has actually happened to someone. Yeah. She wasn't even offered certain treatment. So we were already empowered. You know, when this happened to my sister, we were connected, you know, to resources that, you know, advised us in terms of what we can do, what we can, what we had to tolerate and so forth. So we were empowered from the beginning. And 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 it, and it, that even furthers the point that I'm making, and that is simply, yeah, you 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 didn't feel conflicted about utilizing medical and tre- medical care and treatment, but you made sure to scrutinize that which was set before you, uh, getting uh, you know a first opinion, second opinion, uh, you know you are empowered. And again, I want to make sure that the message is not lost here. Uh, utilizing medical care and treatment does not mean that you sit down and do the first thing someone tells you because you're exactly right. And historically, unfortunately, almost almost three decades now, I've been supporting cancer patients. I've known of many who were told very different things by different doctors, by different oncologists. In some cases, you know, scans were not completely done, you know, or misread or what have you. So, again, uh, making sure that you do your homework and do your due diligence uh, is is important and critical when you're sitting now uh, interfacing with the medical community. But I want to make the point clear that it is not the position, at least from my perspective, that our faith is to be substituted uh, in place of good medical treatment and care. And I think that this is people get hung up on the fact that they get a little nervous and they get a little apprehensive about the medical community. And so then they just completely shut down from a medical conversation. And I don't think that that that's giving yourself the best opportunity, quite frankly, to address your sickness and disease. So I'm glad to hear that you did your due diligence and you made sure you did your homework. Having said that, uh, when you were diagnosed, both you and your sister, um, you know, we're seeing more younger uh, women being diagnosed with breast cancer. You were you were not uh, considered young in that regard. You're still young, but you were diagnosed when you were 50. Uh, did it help at all that you were a bit more matured mentally and emotionally when you were told that you had cancer so that that allowed you to be able to maneuver and manage that? Because you're also a mom as well. So you had children. Let's talk about the emotional kind of state of being, being told that you have cancer and how did you manage that? When the radiologist called me, she called me personally, and she told me that's something that they don't, they don't normally do. The primary care physician does that. Mm. But when she called me, you know, I was in the car and, you know, I didn't cry or anything. 
you know, mm-hmm. I said, okay, I said, I said, okay, this is going to be interesting because at that very moment I said, okay, God, what are you trying to do yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the first thing I thought of because it is an unusual situation sure. and, it, and, it, and it, 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 it still, even though I knew it was a possibility, it still caught me off guard. But at the same time, because it happened to my sister first, I already had time to process. Yeah, that it. makes sense. That makes a so lot of sense. I, 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 I did have time to process it. And, you know, Thanksgiving was the next day and it was business as usual. Um, I consider myself a very good actor, you know, when it comes to these kind of situations. <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely did not want anyone to think there was anything wrong. Okay. And, you know, I carried this position on throughout the holidays because I didn't even for my kids until much later. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it was the holidays. Yeah, I, I've written a couple of articles about people with cancer during the holidays, during Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that can be, because I remember when I had to maneuver that with uh, the first year that I was diagnosed, because I was diagnosed early, uh, like middle July, early August. And so, you know, Thanksgiving was rolling around, Christmas was rolling around. And you want to be cognizant, obviously, of, of how that can impact people in the holiday season, but also how you yourself process that during the holiday season. It sounded like you did very well. With that being said, and I want to get to this point, and you said this uh, when I was talking to you and your sister at the in the last interview, you said you believe that God allows things to happen. And so um, I, I'll, I'll set the stage for you, and I'll tee this up, and I'd like to get, have you explain this a little bit. The Bible tells us about a story about a man that was born blind from birth, and the disciples uh, asked Jesus, who sinned here? Did, did, did the mother sin? Did the father sin? Or did this man sin? And Jesus said, no one sinned here. But this was allowed to happen so that the glory of God or the plans of God could be revealed in his life. You made that statement in the last uh, interview with your sister. Let's explain that a little bit from your vantage point. You said God allows things to happen. Why do you believe that this was allowed to happen in your life? Do you have a thought about that at this point? Well, you know, ironically, I um, thought of Job. Okay, mm. I thought of Job. I thought of Romans eight twenty eight. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I I think that either we're going to believe him or we're not. But as I've been taught, you know, we have to remind him of his word. You know, and I talk to God all the time, like he's right here, <laughs> which he is. And and he, he is. And, you know, he my is. He's right there. Yeah. You know, my thing is, this is not my reputation that's on the line. You said you were a healer. This is what I expect. So I had already went into the situation with expectations. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm just standing firm on that, you know, because, you know, the purpose of these type of situations, I believe, is just to really bring God glory. And, you know, sometimes he shows out, you know, mm. and I think that this is, a perfect situation with that, you, you know, as it relates to that. I think he's already showing out in a big way, you know, because even with my first chemo treatment, the tumor is shrunk tremendously. Okay, great. To the point that we were, we were in shock. Praise God. You know, so, yeah, so I just believe that, you know, he, you know, he, he says what he's going to, he says exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. And he says all things would be, you know, all things will work together for his good. And that's exactly what's happening. Well, that's, that's Romans 8.28 in a nutshell. I don't have to restate it. You've already covered that, and and, and you're exactly right. Uh, 
Because I do believe, and I think sometimes for many of us, you know, when we tell God, well, Lord, you know, use me for your glory, we don't get to tell God how to use us for his glory. And sometimes it comes in ways that, you know, it was like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. But ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you know, all things can, will, and ultimately do work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose. Having said that, you are still actively treating, as you just stated, what is it at this stage of the game? Because you're you're moving through the process, you know, and I would imagine that uh, like many cancer patients, there are good days and they're not so good days that you have to work through the ebb and flow of that. What is it that keeps you hopeful today? What drives your hope as you continue to fight the good fight of faith? And we'll close right here on this conversation and on this question. Um. I just constantly have to remind myself that I'm already healed. Okay. Um, you know, healing has already taken place on the cross. So when sickness comes in, it's because the evil one is trying to take it away. So that's just my belief. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes some days are better than others. But thankfully, you know, my twin and I have we've been spared from any major side effects. Yeah. I work seven, six days a week, and I'm 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 able to function on a regular basis more days than not. However, I'm I would be remiss if I don't mention that rest is pivotal. You know, despite the fact that we've been spared from a lot of the side effects most people would have experienced, rest is still pivotal. Okay, you have to rest because rest is part of the recovery. So there's no way to work around that. Well, I want to say to you, first of all, thank you, sis. Thank you for being, for taking God at his word. And, you know, there are some people who still struggle with that school of thought, and that's their business at the end of the day, Uh, because this is an individual journey. This is an individual walk. And uh, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you've decided to stay on planet Earth and that you've got something to say. And I would imagine even further down the line, as, as you continue to work through this process, you're still actively treating that God is going to use your your story, your testimony, and there's more that's coming down the pipeline that he's going to do, with, I think, both you and your sister. Because I think it's such an unusual story. There may be other twins out here who have had cancer, you know, a month apart, one from another, and the same basically type of cancer, if you will, more or less. Uh, but I'm not familiar with any of those stories. So again, uh, my uh, prayer and support goes to you, with you, and for you as you continue to do great and awesome things. Thank you for being on health, hope, and inspiration, and may the best still yet to come in your life, my dear. God bless you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk with Percy about what we've just heard in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. In the meantime, have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With City of Hope for Alexa, now you can. The City of Hope for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at City of Hope. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say Alexa Enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. You can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. Look for the City of Hope Alexa tool. Percy, thank you for bringing the guests you bring to us each week here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Last week, we heard from both of these twins. This time, we heard from Alicia. We're so grateful for these ladies. 
Well, you know, what's the phenomenon that is starting to happen now, Wayne, is that now people are starting to reach out to the show. So, yeah. you know, remember the day when we were trying to find people, <laughs> they're now finding us. And so I think that I want to just say thank you because it helps us to understand the growth and the reach of the show now. And that now people are saying, listen, I want to be part of this community and I want to share my story with you. And that was certainly the case right. for both uh, these sisters. And, you know, so we had that conversation initially last week, but today... You know, we spoke with specifically Alicia because though they're twins, they're still, you know, unique dynamics to their story. And I wanted to make sure that they both had opportunity to share that. And one of, I thought, the very important points that uh, Alicia wanted to make sure uh, was stated is the fact that do not be quick to move on initial recommendations from anyone in the healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. You know, someone will just sit and I've heard this over the years. That, you know, well, I just with the first doctor that I sat down with, that's just what I did, what they told me. I didn't think about it. I didn't consider it. Well, we're in a very different day and age and space now where second opinions, third opinions are recommended, encouraged. And so she wanted that point to be uh, driven home that, again, you know, don't just be so quick to move on an initial recommendation that's put before you. Uh, and her key point was, you know, you have to put yourself in a position where you are your own advocate. And I agree with her 100%. Yeah. yeah. You've said that many times. Yeah. We've talked about it on the show here at the end of the day. And I'm, I'm going to use the, the Percy McCrae-ism. I'm going to write a book of Percy McCrae-isms and just kind of <laughs> okay. do something with that. Is that, you know, you're the bus driver at the end of the day. This is your bus and you should drive it. You should not let anyone drive your bus for you uh, for any reason. Ultimately, at the end of the day, don't give the control of the wheel of your vehicle to someone else. You stay behind the wheel. Now, you can let people on your bus and you can allow them to ride with you, but you're still driving. And so right. uh, I think that this is just a uh, because I think one of the other dynamics here is is the sense of empowerment and the sense of ownership. See, cancer historically 30 years ago was a very disempowering dynamic and people felt like they had no control. But today we now have some control and some things that we can take and manage. And one of them is establishing who, when and where you want to interact with regard to your medical care and your treatment. So, again, you are your own advocate and you should be able to advocate on your own behalf and take agency of what happens to you. Well, as we learned previously, the backstory to this is that Alicia's mother died of cancer. Yep. Her sister died of cancer, and yep. now her twin sister had been diagnosed with cancer, and she was the second of the two uh, the, of the twins to receive this diagnosis. So, you know, she's been thinking about this. Well, yeah, it's top of mind, you know, and it's uh, and I what what I will say to this though, obviously, you know, losing your mom and your sister to cancer, and then having your your sister your other sister diagnosed, that's not a great experience. But um, as I've told people with regard to my own personal experience with the cancer community. Uh, what what it did do for me is it created an awareness, a top of mind that, you know, not being kind of uh, had my head in the sand about this conversation because I, I deal with this all the time. I think similarly for both uh, Aletta, who we will hear from next week, and Alicia, who we've heard from today, this is a top of mind conversation. This is something that's near and close to both of them. And for all of the time that I spent with them offline the key dynamic is they both are very aggressive with regard to we are taking charge of our situation. We will not allow this situation to take charge of us. And they're doing very well right now with regard to their treatment because of it. 
All right. You mentioned that Aletta will be with us on a future program. I think it's actually in a couple of episodes ahead that she'll be with us here on the podcast. So be looking forward to that conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, something that Alicia said is that she did not immediately share her news about her cancer with her family. It was the holiday time. What do you think of that? Well, you know, Wayne, we've done a show here on how and when to communicate your cancer diagnosis. See, this is a very common dynamic. And depending on, you know, your your family dynamics and depending on your preference, obviously, uh, one can choose to say, I'm going to wait to share this information at a, at a at what they would feel to be a more appropriate time and place. And some will say, well, maybe I need to just immediately share this with with those that are close to me in this particular case. Uh, Alicia decided that it was during the Thanksgiving holiday season when she was diagnosed or just before, and she didn't want to ruin the mood of the family uh, in terms of the holiday spirit. So she did not tell anyone other than her, I believe her, her sister, her twin sister, that she was diagnosed with cancer. She waited until after the holiday season, and then she shared that information because she was really thinking about, you know, what how that would impact her family uh, during that time. So she didn't want that to ruin that time. So uh, she's thinking about others. And she says she was fine with that. She didn't feel like that she uh, suffered as a result of not having good support or whatever, but she wanted her family to enjoy their holiday. And that's a personal choice. And mm-hmm. it's a personal preference. Uh, I've done interviews around this topic of how to manage conversation during the holiday season. And maybe we should do a show about that, Wayne, mm. now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, when when one is diagnosed with cancer and it's the holiday season, how do you manage that that awkward dance of questions that may be asked or do you say anything? Do you not say anything? It's a very relevant and important conversation. And I appreciated her her sensitivity. And uh, so she was able to move forward accordingly. Well, this brings to mind the resource we're offering this week, Stepping Out of Cancer's Shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you choose that with that in mind? Well, I, yes, because ultimately at the end of the day, uh, the mental, emotional, and certainly on some levels, physical shadow that cancer cast upon you, you can feel trapped and you can feel, you know, uh, kind of cornered by the presence of cancer. And so the idea of this particular resource is not to allow the presence or the shadow of cancer to put you in a place where you're paralyzed or polarized where you don't feel like you can move, you're afraid to go anywhere, you're afraid to look anywhere, so that that shadow doesn't just control and dominate you in every aspect of your life. And so this document will show and help people to understand how to step out of the shadow of cancer so that you don't have to be afraid, uh, you don't necessarily have to hide. And again, you, 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 you can address and deal with cancer on your terms when you're ready, as you feel fit and see fit with others but not allowing the shadow of cancer to just loom over you and control and dominate your life. We're talking about our featured resource this week, Stepping Out of Cancer's Shadow. How do you get it? You simply go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and you can download it free of charge right there. You can share it with others, share the link, print it out and share it with others, however you'd like to handle that. Stepping Out of Cancer's Shadow at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, thank you. As you said, we're going to meet the uh, second of the twins coming up on a future program. But let's uh, return to our scripture passage, our nugget for the day. Yes, sir. Proverbs 31 verses 8 and 9 says, speak up and judge fairly. That's what 
uh, this particular person did. They spoke up for themselves. They they judged the situation and the information that was being set before them. And they said, listen, I'd like to get a second opinion. I'd like to have another conversation with someone else. So speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. In this particular case, the poor and needy represents the cancer community. You know, uh, you may be feeling like you don't have everything that you need, that that there are things that that are you are desirous of. So, again, you're defending your right as a person who is trying to navigate and negotiate uh, this unfair and this, in some cases, you know, complicated disease. So you speak up for yourself and you judge the information that's being set before you fairly and you defend your right <laughs> to say that, listen, I want to do this, that or the other, because that's your choice to do so today. Be encouraged as we continue to speak life into you. Thank you for all you do, Percy, at City of Hope. And thank you, listener, for tuning in uh, to this podcast, to sharing it with others, for leaving reviews, for all you do to encourage us. Our Facebook page, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. So check out those various resources. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McCrane. Percy, thank you for your time and effort here. And remember, as you're be- becoming your own healthcare advocate, that's work. Yep. You've got work to do. So keep chopping the wood and keep staying encouraged as you move forward. Thank you for listening. Joining us for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing, to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.